in this episode of Gareth Jones on Speed, I'm off to a rather exciting car launch. And you're coming with me. Hello, welcome to Gareth Jones on Speed. I have been processed and I have been admitted into the event. And I have to say, this is an extraordinary place for a launch because it's what used to be BBC Television Centre in Wood Lane, sort of Shepherd's Bush, White City, West London, somewhere I know well, having worked here myself for very many years. And as I walk in... There is a huge wall of yellow with Lotus written on it in the new Lotus typeface, and I suppose it's a font. And would you believe the first two people I see holding booze at the event are Alex Goy and Richard Porter. Hello! You right? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? You're very good. Welcome home. Thank you. Well, in which way? Well, on speed or TV sense? Both of those things. Yeah. yeah. Weird being here, eh? It is quite weird. I was just saying to Alex, I never actually worked in this building, but I did come to the studio. This is where they did Strictly, which my wife worked on, and loads of other shows. And I used to like hanging around the TV centre because it had that great buzz of making telly and yeah. sneaking in here to watch them recording Top of a Pop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done like that. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. So, yes, it's nice to be back. I was trying to work out, I think the last time I worked here was 94 when I made a programme about the moon landing, the 25th anniversary of the moon landing. And I interviewed Buzz Aldrin on the roof here. So this is hallowed ground for me. And I was trying to work out, was 94 the last year that Lotus were in Formula One or they had already vanished at that point which Lotus yeah right yeah a Lotus franchise yeah 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 one of those franchise operations yeah Uh, God I think when they ran with the Lotus badge on the Pacific car that may have been 94 it was all a bit fag endy by then wasn't it yeah 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 yeah. hello Alex hello how are you I'm good what you've got a glass of what free booze free booze the best booze yeah yeah oh it's the one you're most grateful for and it's always the best booze in the world hello would you like some free alcohol yes please and where did that free booze come from there was a lady there was a lady (laughs) with an easel not a leading question at all (laughs) (laughs) free booze in the building there was a lady with an easel of alcohol I see ladies with alcohol there but they've become the empty glass collectors because we're about to go and sit down in our audience seat yeah you might have to oh right yeah that's no good I don't want an empty glass let me find a full glass and we'll sit together shall we yes yeah this is very exciting very exciting is there more booze? There will be. There will be, but not yet. Okay. Oh, I can't start a launch without booze, but it looks like I'm going to have to. Oh, well. I'm seated like all the bad boys in the back row, in between Richard and Alex. And it looks like Lotus have had a slight rebrand. Seems to have done away with the green, the British racing green. The logo I'm looking at now is black and yellow and definitely has a new typeface. And the car, the car is, well, up to now it's been known as the Type 132, but it's got a name. It sneaked out a couple of days ago. It's the Electra. And Lotus are calling it their hyper SUV. That's the plan. The Electra. I kept calling it Electra. Electra. That's, that's wrong. It's Electra. Think uh, Carmen. Yeah. And you're about there. Yeah. It's a very muted E on the end. Yeah. Electra. Electra. 
lecture. I'm just excited. I'm in BBC Television Centre. Ah. I've never been in this. You're kidding! Before. I went to see Top of the Pops a million years ago. Yeah, but never been in here. I you don't must have lived here for I, the I, 70s and I, 80s. The 80s, I did come here very often, and the 90s, and the 90s, and the 90s. Um, trying to work out what I've been in this room for before now, possibly. Shooting stars, I think. Amazing. I think this very room. Because we're in an actual proper studio. Well, it is still a TV studio, but it's not a TV centre anymore. It's a place where people live, isn't it? So, yeah, they, what they've done is they've converted all that middle bit. There's a Soho house with a hotel on it, and then it's all very expensive starter flats. And by starter flats, you need 600 grand at least to get in. Mikey Moses. <laughs> For a one bed that sort of overlooks a bit of history. It's too much, isn't it? It's London. Yeah, it's London. <laughs> it's London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a television centre and it's London. How you been? Good. Amazingly busy. I have much to discuss when we're next on a virtual room yes, together. Which will happen soon. It's nice to be in a physical room with you. No, physical room. Last time that happened, we won't talk about that. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> Whoa, we went clubbing yes, we and did. then I contracted COVID. But I don't think I got it from our club night. I think I probably already had it. I think I picked it up on St. David's Day, March the 1st. Thanks for being the vector then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know it was me. I had no idea. Oh, Sorry. Well, that's all right. Only another one of our number got it, but I was all right. I just felt rotten for oh, a couple I like of days. to think of myself more of, of a sharer, a pioneer. Yes. Yeah. There's thanks. a lot of it about at the moment. So long, it? and thanks for all the disease. <laughs> so, what do you know about the car? Do you know anything? I know everything, but I'm not allowed to say anything yet. You can tell me. We're at the launch. We can talk about it afterwards. Okay. It's, it's very, all right. It's, it's very exciting. It is genuinely exciting. I was trying to work out the first four door Lotus since the Carlton. Yes, the Colton was a Lotus, but also a Vauxhall. Yeah, or an Opal. This is all Lotus, Yeah, allegedly. But they're not going to build it here. They're going to build it in China, aren't they? It's going to be built in Wuhan. In Wuhan, Wuhan. province. And a shiny new facility. Rather appropriate that we were talking about COVID then, <laughs> isn't it? Right, sorry. <laughs> sorry, oh, Lotus. Oh, that's a gag too far, guys. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's unlike any other Lotus we've ever had. It's a big electric SUV. Yeah. Well, electrics aren't new because I've counted two electric Lotuses in the past. Well, yes, there's the Avaya, the amazing hypercar, and there's yeah. the Tesla Roadster, which yeah. is a British sports car. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Which people who own them and people who like Tesla do get quite cross if you say it's a British sports car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it was built in America. And by built in America, what they did was they assembled all the bits in the UK and they left a cable unplugged and they put them on a container, sent them to Detroit, and they went, click, made in America. For real? I ha- Close is, enough. That is what I have heard. Okay, fair enough. Oh, well, that, that's good enough for me. As a journalist, but, but I know well, that you've done due diligence. But, yeah, I'm journalist, in inverted commas. But about 11 years ago, now, I had my first visit down to Hethel. I was very excited. I was picking up a little 1.6 Elise, and I was being shown around, basically like a pig in shit. And we got to the outside bit after the paint shop and like, the finishing bit of the factory, and there was just a line of Tesla Roadsters. It's like, yeah, so basically, we've made them here. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Don't know if you can hear this. Lotus Electra. My name is Daniel. I'm your floor manager in the, in the studio here this evening and just need to run through some housekeeping notes with you. Uh, firstly, just be aware we do have a very large technocrane that will be swinging around getting the best shot. It's a very large uh, It's a very large technocrane indeed. Are sure we're not a robot board, was? So hopefully he won't be taking any heads out. So do not worry if you see something flying closely. 
Uh, we are fully rehearsed and uh, know exactly where you're sitting. Uh, in the unlikely event that we need to evacuate the studio, tonight's launch will be paused. If we can ask you to remain in your seats, and then studio security will guide you to the safest emergency exit. There are emergency exits on all four corners of the studio, and your closest exit is the door that you came in in that corner of the studio over there. Uh, please ensure that your mobile phones are turned to silent, and if you are taking photos, please turn off the flash. Uh, we encourage you to share your experience tonight on social media. Um, and if you do, please use the hashtag AeroKings. It's launch trending. So please be generous with your AeroKings! I don't understand. Please use the hashtag Disneyland. What? Why? Who's taking that? What are you talking about? Woo! Matt Wendell, Lotus's uh, leading technocrat, takes the stage. We interviewed him on the show a while back. Top bloke. The global reveal of Electra. This is the third product in our Vision 80 journey, which started with the Avaya electric hypercar unveiled in 2019, also here in London. We followed that last year with the launch of Amira at our test track in Heffel. The Amira changed the fortunes of Lotus as a sports car maker overnight. We immediately leapt from being a small, niche manufacturer selling model volumes numbered in the hundreds to a real player on the global sports car scene with thousands of orders taken overnight. Our brand new factory at Hethel is now fully up and running with a substantial order bank as customer deliveries begin this summer. I couldn't be more proud of what Amira has done for both our business and brand. And tonight, it's the turn of Electra. If a mirror was a leap, then Electra really is truly transformational. The model will translate to production numbers of tens of thousands. You'll be hearing a lot more about that in the coming hour or so. For now, what I can say as an introduction is simply that since the new investment in the business in 2017 and the launch of Vision 80 in 2018, Lotus delivers. Three new models already, with three more to come. Three new manufacturing facilities in the UK alone, and another in China to launch our electric lifestyle vehicles, starting tonight with Electra. Born British, raised globally. It's the product of our teams in Hethel, LTIC in Germany, and LTCC here in the UK. Thanks to this truly global team, Lotus delivers. And the opportunities are, well, limitless. We're thrilled to have two great presenters today, so please give a big welcome to Julia Harley and Andy J. One of the presenters just said that we're a few minutes away from going live, which is presumably still being done in one of the other studios as is live and kicking. <laughs> <laughs> As I was uh, being processed on the way in, I recognised a face in front of me. None other than Clive Chapman, son of Sir Colin Chapman, who we interviewed on the programme. When was that? When I went over to Hethel uh, a couple of years ago now. Clive, of course, runs Classic Team Lotus. All the classic F1 cars are still run very proudly for Lotus in a sort of sister or brother operation right next to where they build the other cars. 
there's quite a lot of people here. I count ten rows of seats ahead of me, and two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, fourteen, sixteen, eighteen, twenty, twenty-five, perhaps even forty rows across. So four hundred people. Is that right? Maybe more. Big event, big moment for Lotus. And they've got a few sort of psychological hurdles, haven't they, to straddle with this car. First of all, it's an SUV, a Lotus SUV. That's a big ask, isn't it? Because it's diametrically opposed to what Lotus are known for low and light and sporting and the only thing sporting about SUV usually is the letter S although there are sporty SUVs but this one will probably have to redefine what that means and perform better than let's say a Macan which is probably the sportiest SUV at the moment but this one's electric so it's carrying a huge payload of batteries underneath it and unless Lotus have found a way of creating ultra lightweight batteries it's not going to be as light as a traditional Lotus but we're very interested to find out how they've managed to keep the car light we're about to find out Richard can I interrupt hello you're a sort of a font typeface man aren't you yes the E's, and there are three in Electra, yeah. which don't have a vertical component. They're just three horizontal components. Yeah. We've seen that on a car previously. Well, I feel it's slightly reminiscent of the Ford badging typeface of the 80s. Thank you. Sierra. Thank you. It's, I mean, not quite the same, but it's got that vibe. Hasn't yeah, it, yeah, yeah. You take liberties with the construction of the letter because it looks kind of cool, putting that, that's it's all on the horizontal. And that's sort of what Ford used to do with a lot of the letters in yeah, yeah. that mid-80s. Eight, mid eight, well, I guess it came in with the Sierra and then it lasted Sierra's until... Sierra's what, 82? Sierra's 82, yes. Yeah, it, was, 82. Uh, it came in with that and then I guess lasted until the late 80s when they decided to go a little bit less 80s I suppose yeah, yeah. so is this the first example of the 80s being reconstructed as a modern concept <laughs> yeah well, it probably is isn't it just to it make us happen. feel extra old oh don't I feel like the 90s is back isn't it yeah, for me the 90s never went away <laughs> sorry <laughs> no probably not for me either truth be told there's what we're we looking at now oh like there's someone DJing outside in, in, yeah. in what is known anyone who's ever worked for the BBC would know that circular middle bit of television centre as the donut yeah and the inside it's now apartments most of it isn't it but yeah, when, yeah. It was, when it was offices they were very drafty rat infested offices but I always like going there because the great feeling of the white heat of television being made but fantastically easy place in which to get lost uh, yeah, just keep walking literally it, in a circle it's like being on the saucer section of the Enterprise if you keep walking you'll eventually get to where you're going it's a circle yeah that, I got lost here all the time all the time all the time there's a proper name for that area, though, in front there. It's called Aerial something. It's got a, I'm trying to remember the name of it. Who is that on the pillar in the middle of the centre of... Uh, oh, is it um, Aerial? Aerial. It is Aerial. The, God, the, the Roman goddess of television? I don't <laughs> think that's right. <laughs> well, the Romans were very advanced. Weren't they? Yes. Really far-sighted, yeah. Aqueducts and irrigation and then the TV. Um <laughs> Well, this is all very exciting, though. We've got, there's a clock counting down. We've got three and a half minutes to go. Can we fill for three minutes, 25 seconds? <laughs> I'm sure we can. Do you know anything we'll about the, the car? Time. I had a little wee peek at some pictures of it, and I don't know that much. I just said to Alex before, I was like, I feel like my professionalism as a car journalist is 
ebbing away because I said, I know nothing about this. I don't know where it's being made. I think it's based on a Geely. Alex has filled me in with a few details, but then he went, you know, you're not supposed to know. This is the launch. Yeah. He's got a point. It is. So... Well, you can't say Geely, by the way. It's Geely. I beg your pardon. And I would imagine there's a lot of shared componentry between this Volvo electric vehicles and Lincoln Co. And probably several other Geely-branded cars that we don't get over here. Look, out there in the donut, there's an Evaya, the electric hypercar. But I just noticed there's a white original Esprit parked out there as well. Oh, hello. That's you all over it. A white one. Are you going to go over and do your Roger Moore as you stand next to it? You do a very good Roger Moore. It's the eyebrow. I know that car I think that's that's Lotus's heritage car there's a couple of things under sheets though I wonder what those are because they look too small to be um, Elettras is it Elettra Elettra I think it's Elettra Elettra we're going to find out anyway Iranu indeed Alex yeah funny you should say that but I think this was the room in which they did Shooting Stars. You were on Shooting Stars, I was, in this very room, I think, yeah. What are you doing here? I think it was this room. I think so. Hard to tell, you know, I forget. But, yeah, a letter indeed. It just reminded me, because my wife used to work in this building, and she's American. It took her a long time to fully appreciate the heritage of this place. And that I was immensely excited when she sort of go, oh, we're doing this thing. Or, oh, they're putting, you know, they, they, they showed me where they used to do this, this and that. And I'd be like, this is amazing. And one day, one of her colleagues went, yeah, we're just going to shoot that in the broom cupboard. And she went, what? Why would you shoot it in a broom cupboard? But she didn't understand. Anyone who grew up here would know that yeah. I think it probably was pretty much a cupboard, but they turned it into a very small continuity studio. And then it became infamously where Philip Schofield and then Andy Peters used to announce kids' programmes yeah, in the yeah. afternoon. But of course, if you didn't grow up here, you didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh my God, you're actually going to go into the broom cupboard. She went, oh, well, I don't know this afternoon. Well, I don't know what all the fuss is about. I hope they've saved the broom cupboard here. Oh, I don't know. It was upstairs, wasn't it? That It wasn't down on the ground floor where I all the I never went are. in there. No, I didn't. No. But I, I don't think I was allowed as essentially an ITV yeah, person. You, I don't think you, I was allowed. You're the enemy. Yeah. Well, there's loads of ITV shows get made here now, which is, yeah, is yeah. ironic in some kind of way. But yeah. anyway, that's enough nerding out about old telly. All right, we have 23 seconds left because there is a countdown of the union flag bedecked female DJ who is DJing outside. Very British car, and we are going to be told that. A very British. Over and over again. Yes, despite its German and Chinese origins. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and one. Right, I'll shut up. Here we go. Right. While we get into the launch, I'm going to stop recording and then we'll uh, update a little bit later. We're being teased. We were just shown a video of. Uh, a box being carried on a, a barge up the Thames with the word Electra written on it and they cut away just at the moment the box was being lifted we thought we were going to get a taste of what the car looks like but we didn't Peter Horbury who's a very famous designer across a number of Geely's brands is on screen at the moment Peter Horbury done lots of Volvo stuff done some Lincoln Co stuff and now he's head of uh, design for uh, Lotus itself too we're going to see the car here we go
six people standing on stage with Uzlot, which is of course an anagram of Lotus, written on the back of their racing overalls. Quite a bit of lighting changing in the room. More lighting changes. Follow spots. More follow spots. They've turned round, they're walking towards us, they've walked off the stage. Not entirely certain why they were there. We're now left with a circular weaved pattern on the screens in front of me, possibly vortices, aerodynamic vortices, I don't know. The uh, waves are now moving across the screen. There's an image of the car on one of the screens, the top half of the car only. Angular, swoopy. And the screen is lifting up now to reveal the car, which is on a lazy Susan. (laughs) And is it going to drive forward off the lazy Susan? It's rotating now, pointing towards us. Yep, here it comes. I have to say, it looks a little bit Lincoln Co to me. Uh, Now there's Jensen Button delivering the car to the front of the stage for us, who was just interviewed. He now sits there slightly awkwardly as the car rotates. This one is uh, silver. And uh, yeah, it's nice, handsome. Remind me a little bit of the uh, Kia EV6, perhaps? Kia EV6, but f- massive. <laughs> Gareth Jones on speed. Well, thank you so much to everybody involved making the show here tonight. So to you guys here in the Helios, to you guys in the studio, to everyone who's watching and everyone involved, thank you so much for watching. Good night! And there it is. The uh, formal part of the event is over. The car is left sitting on the stage. Presumably they couldn't get new Lotus. They had to stick a Kia EV6 there. Is that right? Uh, I, I think someone's done a cut and shut job on a, yeah, a Kia EV6 with a Lamborghini Urus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, or maybe with the, some Lexus RX in there as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Still it's of its age then, it. isn't it? Yes, yes. Yeah. It's not as tall as I was worried it was going to be. They managed no. to keep the height down. It's a low roof, isn't no, it? I think, I think we'll, this will be the next frontier of cars. I think that Ferrari pureed sandwich that's coming quite soon is going to be similarly sort of, you know, an SUV, yeah, yeah. but low not roof. really an SUV, quite yeah. low. So, yeah, Lotus getting a jump on Ferrari there. You know, as soon as you said it looks a bit like a Kia, and you're right, and I think you can see lots of other cars in there. Despite what the designers have just been telling us, I'm just going to go, well, which bits of it are a Lotus? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I'm not we haven't had much technical 
spec about the car. The launch is focused almost entirely on the design of the car. We yeah. don't know about the motors. So the battery capacity. quite interesting. That it's yeah. got lidar on it. I think that's going to be the first road car. I'm looking at Alex because he knows these things. The first road car. Uh, isn't there an Audi with lidar? I don't know that. It's world first deployable lidar because they went. You know what lidar is? It's very clever, but it's also intensely ugly. Yeah. So they hid it. So there's two things above the front wheels, little sort of slots. You'll see them in pictures. And when it deploys, it sort of slides down. Yeah. And the thing pops out. And there's one on the front of the roof and one on the back. The only problem is when the one on the front pops up, it does look a little bit like a taxi. <laughs> the one on the front pops up. And you go, oh. yeah. So where legal, they've got cameras for wing mirrors, and there's three in there. There's one for the over-the-top view, so you don't destroy an alloy. Even though I'm sure Londoners will manage quite quite well. <laughs> there's three things. One's for to help with the LiDAR and safety tech, one's for the 360 view, and one's for the wing mirrors. Right. Which is really smart. I like the little yeah. LiDAR modules. That's yeah. quite a sort of a surprising delight feature. Well, yeah. That's nice. It's nice. Yeah, it's a I'm, cool thing. It's, it's capable theory of some high level of autonomy, but it's not legal anywhere. I am concerned how it's going to pass crash testing, because that's a very sharp front end, isn't it? That will take your head off. Well, if only if you're a child. or Peter Dinklage or Peter Dinklage for instance well yeah it is quite pointy but I don't know is my answer yeah 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 I don't know I'm going to ask Russell if I can find him I'll ask him he'll be downstairs he would have worked out a way if, uh, if maybe that's just sponge the sharp bit if he's anything like me he'll be finding free booze imminently <laughs> yes booze that's a good idea free booze should we find some alcohol that's a very good idea let's do that now let's find an alcohol I might go and look at the car on the way past but I'm okay. definitely going to find an alcohol right now this programme is going to take off I'm on the stage I've managed to get a glass of not sure if it's champagne but it's fizzy and very nice and I'm next to the car let's have a look I'm assuming you're looking at images of the car as I'm recording this I'm wondering if this is the Lotus with the longest wheelbase since I don't know the Lotus Carlton it looks a very long car but I think it looks long because it's got a low roof and it is a big car if it had a higher roof it would make the wheelbase look shorter I'm going to look at the front end. I'm genuinely concerned about how it's going to pass crash testing because it has a very, very sharp upper bit. Very, very sharp. And they talk about it being a car that is porous to air. It's not the first. I think the Ford Cortina Mark One, with its through-flow ventilation, as they used to call it, I think that was porous. Not in the way that this is, of course, but porous, definitely. Coming around the back of the car now. It's got a very slopey rear end, which, which is good. That adds to the sort of coupe sporting quality of the car, rather than a bluff rear end, which would make it look like an estate car or a classic Peter Horbury Volvo with a vertical back end. But, uh, yeah, they've worked hard at making it coupe-like. And, uh, yeah, it's lovely not too tall that's the headline the, the, the Lotus Electra not too tall the official Gareth Jones on speed line on the car Peter Horbury, how wonderful to finally get to meet a man whose cars I've admired for very many years 
how proud are you at this moment? I don't say it's like becoming a father again. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I understand it's that. Really, you know, after so many years of uh, toil and everybody working hard to get to this, you know, to eventually reveal it, it's always a buzz. I've been doing this for many years, and it never tires. This experience of showing the world what we've been dying to show them for years, you know. It's something that I think has been anticipated from our side of the industry, the car enthusiastic, journalistic side. The idea of a Lotus SUV is a stretch, isn't it? Well, I think to many people it was, and that's why we really had to make sure that the minute you see it, you recognise what it is. So I think we managed to do that very well. As I was speaking earlier, this ability to change the whole proportion of a vehicle to make an SUV look in the same mould as a mid-engine sports car yeah. has been the key to... Um, this and it's that whole cab forward thing that's done it. it. It is. The windscreen sits between the front wheels, just as Evia, just as Emira and Elise and all the others. So that's why I think we can safely say this looks like a Lotus. Were there arguments about the height of the roof, the ceiling of the car, because it is noticeably low for an SUV. Surely that's a nod towards sports, isn't it? It's true, but it's also a nod towards efficiency because, you know, electric cars have one thing that people will talk about forever, that's the range. So if you can keep the... Uh, the frontal the, area the, the low. The frontal area yeah, yeah. down, then, of course, it'll go further. And what with this porosity, as Russell and Ben described... We're really trying to make this a very usable electric car without the worry. So the, the roof, yes, but, but you know, you've got the battery pack, you've got the seats, you've got the height of the passengers. There is a limit yeah, yeah. how low you can go. And whose car is it? Because three design execs spoke about the car today. Whose is it? Well, we have two studios. We have Heffel, where Russell is in charge of the sports cars. And we have Coventry, where Ben is in charge of these so-called lifestyle vehicles. So the SUV, the next four-door coupe, sedan, and a further SUV will all be done in Coventry. But the electric sports car, which... Russell is working on will be done in Hethel. But we work together. I mean, it's good to have people to throw ideas against and get the sounding board of three mates who are busy working on the cars. We don't hold our cards to our chest. It's an open dialogue and it's very useful to have three heads. During that dialogue, what were the styling cues, what were the elements, what were the biggest arguments about? We also have to satisfy the global markets and what's acceptable in one culture may not be acceptable in another, so we have to balance everything. For the Chinese, for example, the face of the car is so important. That, that is the character of the car, it's in its face. So we have to get that right. And when our Chinese colleagues say, yes, that's it, we know we're onto a good thing, but we can't overdo it. Yeah. Some of the Chinese brands are really going over the top, I think, in this aggressive front end. I mean, this is sporty, but I don't think it's that aggressive. It's not as high as most SUVs, for example. But it works. It actually does a job. I have a question about the front end. Yeah. How does that split front end with that very high, sharp nose pass 
crash testing or impact. Yeah, the pedestrian, everything's yeah. taken care of. Of course it is. How is that possible? Aren't you supposed to have a bluff front end these we're, days? We're clever. <laughs> That's what I was looking for. <laughs> Peter Horbury, how wonderful to meet you, sir. Really, genuinely. Big fan of your work and of Lotus. And good luck tonight. Thank you. The man. There you go. We have the answer. Lotus are clever. But we knew that, didn't we? Right then. I want to know something about the technology on the car. I want to know about the motors and the battery pack and all that stuff and let's see if I can find someone who can direct me towards someone who can talk about that sort of thing Russell Carr is here friend of Gareth Jones on speed and has a big part to play in Lotus design he might be able to point me towards someone who knows about these things Richard Hiya. I have an answer to how Lotus are passing pedestrian impact with the nose go on according to Peter Horbury yeah Lotus are clever Okay, well, I could have guessed that. <laughs> That's Mind all you. he would give me. Mind you, to quote the man from House of Cards, he would say that, wouldn't he? He would say that. Talk yeah. to Peter Horbury, though. Yeah, Legend. I know. Legend. I know. I'm genuinely is. chuffed. It's a very pointy nose, isn't it? I don't, I can't, I'm just going to go and press it and see how squishy Go on, let's find out. Richard's going over. And the only thing is, I'm not sure if this is a real car or if it's a model. Well, it was driven. Oh, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. So, of course, it would be. Yeah. yeah. How does it feel? really hard right so run it's into not it soft see if I sustain a thigh yeah go on go on I'll push it forward into you see he's broken his leg oh, it's up front it's taking a knot out of that. that's good <laughs> well, look, I've just noticed oh, it's, oh I see it's a number plate I thought it had got Electra sort of embossed or debossed into the bumper but that's just the black it's a where the number plate goes plate yeah yeah interesting it is nice I'm always disappointed when I see a new Lotus because my hopes are up, usually. I am yeah. overexcited about Lotus. I love Lotus cars. And even if it's a very, very good-looking car, you kind of wish it was even more exotic. Is it too exotic? Is it not exotic enough? It's hard to think of SUVs as exotic. I mean, even a Lamborghini Urus, I find just a sort of a slightly revolting oaf of a car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. So, but this I, doesn't I, look oafish, does it? I don't know. This is not oafish, although it does have sort of bits that are quite urus-like. This the, the, the front particularly, but I don't know. I suppose we almost equate exoticism, is that a word, with lowness, because it's almost like normal cars are tall. Any old car can be tall. A Ford Focus is tall, or a, you know, a, 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 a Nissan Qashqai is tall. So, what makes a car exotic, a, a sports car, a supercar, is, is and that makes them rare is that they're lower than the average pair. And this is not. This is the same sort of, even though it's probably quite low for a SUV. It's actually, do you know what? We were sitting up there and saying it's quite low. You get down here and it's not because the whole thing is in fact frigging massive. And that kind of actually... It is a big car, isn't it? It's a big old car. Yeah. I guess that's because that's what people want. I mean, yeah, I yeah. Know. Yeah, yeah. It's a world car. It's got to work in America. Yes. And they're bigger in America, aren't they? So they, they need bigger are. cars. Yeah. And I suppose it's probably also... I don't know what's underneath here, but it's some kind of Geely shared thing, isn't it? So I guess to some degree or other Lotus were hamstrung I don't know this will all come out I suppose we'll, you could probably find someone here who you can ask but I don't know yeah who's going to sell more cars Lincoln Co one of these Geely brands that we don't know the name of yeah. or this car 
That's well, the question, isn't it? I don't know. Obviously, this isn't really meant for us in Britain. I think yeah. this is probably meant for China. They probably hope it'll go somewhere in America. Yeah. Because what intrigues me about this as well is obviously this is meant to be a Porsche SUV. The interior looks really swishy. So they're going to want, and I don't know how much it is. Do you know how much it's going to be? No, they haven't mentioned that either in the announcement, have what they? I think I just can't even guess. But maybe, like, is this going to be? Is it going to go ninety oh, grand? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, ninety, and then a few options, and it's a hundred grand car. Now, Lotus dealers generally are sort of based in like rural petrol stations. Generally, <laughs> aren't they? I know they're trying to change that, but in Britain, at least, you're going through some charming little village called. Budwick Flistwipe or something and then there's a funny little garage and you go oh, look they still have a man who pumps petrol for you. oh there's a Lotus garage behind it that's how Lotus sell cars because in the past if you wanted a lease you would be prepared to travel for it <laughs> yeah but this is much more you need to be in a sort of out of town omniplex next to the Lexus garage to yeah, really yeah, 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 yeah. this sort of thing I yeah. think and have easy finance terms so the only way that this car is going to be a success is if they set up a string of new dealerships in those locations or sell it online ah well they could do that couldn't they they could short circuit it I suppose so I think the only thing is to sell something online and get that part about it it's got to be exceptional and I think this is what I'm sort of looking at this and going what's exceptional about this notwithstanding that it may drive in an amazing way and you wouldn't bet against it because Lotus are good at that but to look at is it it's familiar it's a little too familiar yes that's exactly it's very it. very very well executed it's very pretty it's familiar yeah the interior I haven't actually sat in it but I do like the interior and I like that it's got that quadrat isn't it that sort of synthetic fibre that's in various Range Rovers I like that because I'm just you know leather Enough of leather. Yeah, leather yeah. Needs leather. Yeah. I'm just going to grab a glass of champagne. Would yeah. You like? Take that empty glass. I'm going to talk to Russell Carr. Join me. Russell's already in the middle of a conversation at the moment, but I'm going to try and interrupt because he's a tremendous bloke. And let's see. If someone has joined the group that he was talking. Let me just see if I can squeeze in. Russell. Sorry to interrupt, Gareth Jones. How you doing, man? I'm good, yeah, good, yeah. Nice to see you. Congratulations. Well, thank you. It's congratulations to Ben and his team for doing the work. So uh, this isn't one of yours, according to Peter Horbury. Uh, well, no, I'm part of the team, so we're part of the reviewing you, on this. You know Richard Porter from Sniff Petrol, don't uh, you, Russell? Uh, how you doing? Uh, yeah, well, I do know you. Yeah. We haven't heard anything about the tech on the car. Who's the best person to talk to about the tech on the car here today? I want to know about the batteries and the motor. Yeah, you have to find somebody else other than me to talk who, about. Who would it. be the best name? I I think it's going to. I think Sereno is here tonight. One of the guys from the LTIC in Germany. So he's one of the best people to speak to. Sereno. Yeah. Sereno. Sereno. I'm not sure because I've only met him once myself. So. <laughs> so <laughs> Why Lotus get so big that you're I know. I know. Yeah, it's just expanding all the time. How big is it now compared to what it was when you joined? What 25 years ago was it? It's a lot bigger than then. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. No. But it's just expanding exponentially at the moment because obviously the number of people who need to be behind this type of vehicle is just totally yeah. different from a low-volume yeah, sports, sports car. car. And also the sort of breadth of what we're doing on this in terms of obviously battery technology, driveline, infotainment, all that stuff is just so phenomenal. But it's where Lotus always should have been. And is this now that you've got so many models coming, is this now you're sort of 
this was done in Coventry, was yeah. it? So you're sort of dividing and conquering that. So you... Co- Coventry Studio looks after all the non-sports car staff. Okay. We look after all the two-seater staffs, and then we all work for Peter, who's standing behind you. And you know, and we do things at design reviews, and we look at one another's work, etc. So. And how about the future of the car? How many versions are there going to be? Will there be an ultra sport version, or is that it? There'll be other versions, but uh, yeah, we're we're not announcing that yet. But yeah, there's bound to be other versions of it for sure. You are the king of versions at Lotus, though. How many versions of the Elise were there? 87? <laughs> it's not time this evening to go through all that. <laughs> this is surely going to share some commonality with Lincoln Co cars and other Geely products. This, this is a bespoke platform for Lotus. Is it? There is nothing that's going to be translated to other cars. Currently, this is a bespoke platform for Lotus. Currently, so. okay, yeah, yeah, okay, but I get it, yeah, yeah. No, no, no yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what, what the plan would be for that, but this is bespoke to Lotus. So it's been designed so it's got all the, the attributes that we want in a, in a car. And is it a, a Lotus for America? It's a global car. So how do you meet the requirements of a car for the UK, for the US and China? How do you do that? They're very different, we aren't do they? do it with a lot of hard work. That's how we do it. <laughs> no, but it's what we do in the business. It's the same with our sports cars. They're all global. So, yep. yeah, no, we have to work with all the regulations and all the customer tastes and all those things as well. So. Russell, great to see you. Congratulations. See you as well, yeah, you. yeah. But you need to find Ben, who was the guy behind this. You can ask yeah. him more questions on that and also some of the guys from the tech side as well. I will do exactly that. Cheers. Matt Wendell is standing just over here. He's the managing director of Lotus Cars. And I interviewed him a couple of years ago and asked him if there was going to be a Lotus SUV. And he said he couldn't tell me. So I think now might be the time to get him to answer that question. Matt Gareth Jones. I remember. How you doing, man? How are you? Nice to be remembered. Congratulations, man. Thank you very much. What did you think? It's familiar. It's got a whiff of Kia EV6. I have to say that. Right. But I'm seeing a lot of Lotus. I'm seeing a bit of Baja Lotus with this of the edgy quality to it, which was sort of a Baja thing. So you're dipping into your resources, which have not yet been exploited. I can say that. It's lovely. I like the fact that it's lower than I was expecting it to be. Yeah, yeah, it is. Well, the thing is, as we said, with extending the wheelbase, we've been able to get the body low, which really gives it a, a really distinct proportions for a car this size, so an E-segment car. So. We haven't heard much about the running gear today I want to know about the batteries and the motors what can you tell me it has batteries and it has batteries (laughs) are you not telling people stuff about that today no we are but I'm not close to the technical side of this so I'd rather you talk to technical guys they'll give you a much better uh, input into it and the price below 100,000 in the UK right that's exactly what we guessed I said about 90 grand so yeah yeah it's going to be below 100 it's going to be somewhere between those two figures okay fair enough and who primarily is going to consume this car in the greatest number will it be the US China or Europe do you know no I heard all the markets want it I mean it'll be very popular in China ah thank you Tom's there. More booze coming in. Um, it'd be very popular in China, but I think as a city car, I mean, we're here in London, aren't we? 
you see big cars going around London, this is perfect for them because it's an EV, great range, and it looks amazing as well. There's nothing like this out on the market. So It's the first four-door Lotus since the Carlton, which we can count, can't right. we? Okay. Is it the longest wheelbase of any Lotus car yet, do you know? Yes, I think it is. Ah! That was and my probably guess. the longest car as well. Yeah, yeah. Imagine. How long is it? Just over five metres. That's a lot of car, isn't it? Yeah, it is a lot of car. Dynamically, what is your nearest challenger? The Porsche Macan? Yeah, or the Cayenne. Yeah, it's that size. It's an E-segment SUV, yeah. so it's above the Macan. And how do you enjoy events like this? Because they must be genuinely stressful. No, I do. The thing for us is, we've seen this car for three years, okay? We've seen a mirror of three years before it comes out, and it's all about the public's reaction, really. And this is like letting out your secret, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, you kind of yeah, yeah. get it off your chest, and then you're like, right, okay. It's like coming out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but seriously, two days ago, we were talking about the launch of Type 133, so we never stop. Really? We're all, as you can imagine, me with the strategy and stuff like that in the business, I'm five, six, seven years ahead of where we are today. But it's just nice to stop and reflect and appreciate, you know, the effort that's gone into I have to say during the launch the fact that one of your presenters was talking about the next car I felt sorry for you because it's all about this today isn't know, it it's all about the Electra we're going to go photobomb them watch yeah oh yeah we better get out of the way <laughs> I've just <laughs> Jensen Buck being photographed here Matt decided to photobomb it and so did I but I've got out of the way to let them do it now he's taking pictures at the moment I'm going to try and steal him he's very busy Mr Button you've got 10 seconds for Gareth Jones on speed again how are you? I'm really good it's thanks. been at least 10 yeah. years since we spoke 10 seconds so I speak slowly ah I get three words out um, finally a Lotus for you as a family man yeah it's awesome it's really big inside I guess because you don't have the combustion engine they can move the front of the cabin front two seats forward loads of legroom in the back I always struggle with that because baby seats are massive but no yeah. it's mega yeah. just got to wait a little while that's a shame I want how, it out. how long? I don't know I'm not sure I need to ask the big man are you on a list? I am now I spoke to him because the first time I saw it was tonight I drove it out I was a bit worried driving it out let's just say that that was a genuinely nerve wracking moment more nerve wracking than starting I don't know Brazil in 2009 it couldn't see I thought it was going to end up over there but anyway it's all good cheers nice to see you man actual Jensen Button on the show for the second time okay Alex Goy with booze. Hello. How's the booze? I found a lot of it, so we're all. Yeah, yeah, me too. I'm, I, I'm, I'm just doing an Instagram because I got some Wi Fi. Oh, BBC Wi Fi. Be careful. BBC Wi Fi. You'll be broadcasting to the world. Yes, maybe. Hang on, I'll do that after this. You do that. How I'm, are we? I'm good. I spoke to Peter Horbury. Oh, how did that go? It was very exciting. He was so remarkable. Is ben taking responsibility for the car? No. Is Ben Payne taking responsibility for the car? From Coventry, who deals with non-sports cars. Right. So they are... So he said it was me, boss. Yeah, well, well Paul hasn't, but Peter Horbury said it wasn't me. <laughs> Well, he did say we work as a team, but hey, 
come on. It's not my fault, it's our fault. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> come on, we're being harsh, really, because no, it is lovely, what? isn't it? It is um, lovely. I adore the interior. I really do. And the whole porosity thing, during the presentation, they went a bit heavy on it. It's got big holes in it, and that's really cool. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. If you look at it from the angle we're looking at it now, it's just ahead of the front wheel arch, and it's side on, and it's got a big mouth, and it's angry, and it's bitey. And I like that. Bitey. Bitey. They should have called it the Lotus Bitey. It's a bitey, fighty car. It is. It's like a the, shark, that nose. The spec of it will is fantastic. Starts at 600 horsepower, 0 to 60 sub 3, top speed something very fast, 340 plus mile range. I can't remember the press release because boot. Four wheel drive? Four wheel drive. So, yeah, you've got lots of motors. All the motors. There are some cool bits. The deployable LiDAR I really like, largely because it is ugly if you don't have it there. So, they came up with a neat solution. And you only need the LiDAR when you're parking, or...? So, LiDAR helps with active safety systems in general, but the car is level something autonomy ready, level where legal. four. Probably. Level four. Hello. I'm guessing. <laughs> level four autonomy where legal, if legal. Yeah. So, if it becomes legal in the UK, brilliant. It'll park yourself where you do stuff for you. If not, it's a neat thing they can say it can do. Yeah. Just need to make the bloody thing work. Lotus needs to make this. Yeah, yeah, uh, to be able to continue yeah, as a firm. It's lovely that they do a £2 million hypercar. That's bedroom wall poster stuff. It's lovely that they make a 60, 70, 80, however much you want to spend on it, sports car. But they did the sports car thing for, well, I was just talking to someone else about the, the whole 2010 thing. And because the massive sudden brand expansion went so horribly wrong so horribly quickly it stunted them and they had to subsist off of the same chassis three different ways the business just about got by yeah. I, I, know, I know the press release they, was, they were trading profitably which doesn't mean they're out of debt it just means they were making more money than they were losing if you're going to survive now you need a car like this well the Porsche Cayenne ensured the future of Porsche sports cars didn't I mean, it the bits of London that we live in it's very very swanky thing to say but how many Model X's do you see? Yeah. How many Range Rover Sports yeah. do you see? How yeah. many Audi e-trons do you see? Yeah. Like big SUVs sell, yeah. big electric SUVs are selling more. Like the sales figures for this particular class of car globally is massive and it's only going to get bigger because people have money that they want to spend every month. They can write off against lots of things. Like, yeah. It makes sense, it works. It makes a lot of sense. A sensible lotus. What a ridiculous idea! I dailyed one for eight years. It's sensible if you don't have any partners and, and, and do a weekly shop for one, then it's fine. And then when you get a partner and you have kids, you get one of these. There you go, a sensible lotus. Sensible lotus. I'm back on the stage. There is a car sitting on the stage and the doors are open, but no one is in it. I don't know if we're allowed to get in. But I'm going to go in and sit in the driver's seat because no one else is doing. Let's have a look. I want to look at the interior because they did say that they're very proud of the interior. And the door, which greets you, it's got electric door handles which reach out of the car as they sense that you're close. Which I've heard Tesla drivers complain about in Canada because they freeze up 
when it's super cold. I'm going to get in. Can I? The door opens. I'm in. Am I the first podcaster to be in an Electra? And yes, I would say that Lotus have upped their game significantly here. The steering wheel has got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. It's not completely circular. It's septagonal, is that right? And a very narrow screen, very narrow dash. Honestly, it's no more than an inch and a half old money in terms of height. But there's also a giant screen in the middle of the car as well, which, okay, doesn't move unless you press buttons. But yeah, this is all very, very nice in here. The fabric, I don't know what it is, feels like suede, but it's not leather. So this is luxury rather than sporting. And a low ceiling, a low roof, like I observed from outside, you notice it inside. And yeah, this is up in the game. This is Lotus moving into an area that they've never managed to thoroughly own before now. There have often been complaints that Lotus's interior is a bit sort of minimalist and parts bin. But this looks lovely. Knurled knobs, lovely pattern on the knurled knobs on the second sticks. Ah, Alex is taking pictures. <laughs> am I the first podcaster to be inside an Electra? I think I am. I don't know. I can't comment. <laughs> Internet. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, oh yeah. Firm, very firm seat. I'm sat in the very seat that Jensen Button sat in. This may be a first. Well done, Lotus. Well done. The rear end of the car, now that I'm outside, is very interesting. It looks like it's got a long boot. There's some clever stuff going on with the design that makes the boot look longer than it is. I'm going to try and open the boot. Let me see if I can find a sensor. Okay, I'm pressing a button, but the boot isn't opening. But that looks to me like it's got a genuinely commodious boot, probably even big enough for a tricycle baby buggy that's got to be a first for a lotus hasn't it definitely john markar from the driven podcast is here and he's talking to richard at the moment so i'm going to go and do a simulcast and join in on that conversation so we are both producing exactly the same content with richard porter this is amazing. Are we simul podcasting? This is absolutely amazing. It's like, it's, it's, it's like, is it a collab? Is it like when doves cry? Is it something in between? It's a beautiful thing to regard. Two of Britain's best car podcasts coming together with their beautiful erect microphones in my face. <laughs> erect! With the best uh, script editor that's ever been in this room. In, in this room. Well, thank you very much. Uh, Richard's good at ju- that as well. Much better than I am, really, genuinely. Um, Gareth, me. Also, I feel like I'm at a drinks party. Nice to meet you. How are you doing? Yeah, very much. I'm reminded of when um, BBC uh, Two would do a simulcast with uh, Radio Two, where you could listen in stereo before we had NICAM stereo. And we've now got two podcasts (laughs) with exactly the same people and words on them. Exactly. 
Hey. And the same copyright infringements. all right. Background noise is okay. Background's fine. As long as we talk over it and edit it, Sorry, we're, we're fine. Battle of the podcast. There you go. What is going on? It's two car podcasts interviewing now a man who also does a third podcast. Yes. And a person who is a regular on this one and a regular on that one as well. It's too meta. It's all too meta. It's cross modulation. There'll be machine gun podlies. It's like Ghostbusters, where you mustn't let the uh, the, the, the flows. The, yeah, exactly. If we spot the bloke from seeing through glass across the room. We all have to run for it, or it's all going to get too much. It's going to become <laughs> it's it's like the Let's have to see through glass. Him, the black hole. Sam. Sam. We should finish this podcast with someone who is here today who has a car named after her, a Lotus named after her. This is Elisa Artioli, the granddaughter of Roman Artioli, who owned Lotus when they launched the Elise. Let me see if I can get in here. Elisa, Gareth Jones, friend of these two hooligans. How lovely to meet you. Thank you so much. There aren't many people I know who have a car named after them. That's true. I'm really lucky. And you got the last one. Yes. Did they give it you or did you have to buy it? I had to buy it. But did they give you a discount? No, but they gave me some Alcantara seats. You realise your grandfather saved Lotus, didn't he? Yes, he did. The list was amazing and I'm really happy that it saved uh, this brand and the legacy still lives on. Yeah, yeah, this is an important car to people like us and you who care about cars. The fact that Lotus is still here is all down to the Elise, your car. Yes, I'm really proud of it. Do you get this a lot? Do you have to tell people that you've got a car named after them? Or do people come up to you and go, wait, aren't you... Well, I don't go and tell this because uh, I always say I cannot take credit for it. I'm lucky and I'm a Lotus enthusiast. I mean, I drive the Elise, I love this car. And uh, so I'm the fan number one of Lotus. And how old were you when they named the car after you? I was uh, just born when they presented the car in Frankfurt. I was two and a half years old. Wow. Yeah. You had no idea what was going on, really. But I was already proud because I stood up and I showed my T-shirt with I am Elise and was really happy about it. I didn't want to get out of the car. I was just two and a half years old. That's so wonderful. Alicia, how lovely to meet you. Grazie mille. Thank you. Grazie. Thank you very much. Buona Ciao. Serata. Ciao, Bella. Ciao. Wow. Gareth Jones on Speed. That's it from this episode of Gareth Jones on Speed. Sitting outside the BBC Television Centre at Wood Lane. What an extraordinary night. I got to have a conversation with Jensen Button and a second conversation that you didn't hear where Jensen admitted to me that he had <laughs> grown up watching me on TV, which is ridiculous. But most of all, respect to Lotus, who invited me here tonight as someone who cares passionately about the brand. And I know that this car is going to ensure the future of a brand that not only me, but you as a car enthusiast are enthusiastic 
I wish I could find a better word. Enthusiastic about. That's it. I was Gareth. This was Gareth Jones on speed at the launch of the Lotus Electra. See ya. For information on how to contact the show, see pictures, get song lyrics, follow us on Twitter, find our Facebook fan page, or to sponsor the show, go to GarethJones.tv. Gareth Jones on Speed is made in London by Wizbang. Gareth Jones on Speed!